just as the news coverage of Hurricane Harvey dominated the news cycles all week last week. Hurricane Irma and its approaches into the Caribbean and on its way to Florida now is the big story going on for the news in this week. But did it dominate the top 10 stories for this week in our podcast? We'll let you know in just a moment here on the weekly wrap-up podcast from thisistheconversation.com. This is for the week ending September the 9th, 2017. Welcome to our podcast. My name is Jay Cleveland Payne. I'm your host for this podcast, the weekly wrap-up podcast from thisistheconversation.com. And what we do for this podcast is we go through our week's worth of tweets and Facebook posts and posts at our website, thisistheconversation.com. And we go through and see what you liked, what you responded to, what you didn't like, and give you a top 10 list of the biggest stories of the week in the news cycle based on your reaction, not just what's being reported on the news. We also give you a big chunk of what didn't make the top 10 because there's only 10 spots in 10, of course, and we had about 73 or so stories posted throughout the week. Now, sometimes we'll combine a few if they get into a section, and we'll talk about that in the also-rans, the ones that didn't make the top 10. We'll combine some of those in the coverage there, but this week was pretty much all about Hurricane Irma. There was a couple political things. In fact, we don't have very much Trump stuff in this week as well, but a lot of Irma popping up in coverage in their various spots, and we will cover the Irma ones as they came through, just like we did for Harvey last week, which is how Harvey dominated the whole thing last week. We'll see if Irma really does dominate the top 10 this week, and it will probably be even worse coming next week when we get to actual landfall in Florida for Hurricane Harvey coming up expected on Saturday. That's tomorrow as we're taping this on Friday morning. So if you want to be a part of the full conversations for next week's Conversations podcast and just all day long inside of the Facebook and Twitter, follow us on Facebook. Look for This is the Conversation. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation and go to our website this is the and just react to the stories as they come through the feed respond reply share like do whatever you like to them just to show that it's something that interests you so we know which conversations to bring up in the top 10 coming up in the next week now we'll go through about seven or eight days worth of of timelines we're shuffling a little bit in the format and not going a solid seven days we're making it a stretch a little bit beyond so there may be some stories that get a little extra life on the tail end of a week that can stretch a week but this time it's pretty much all about the irma and a couple of things that happened fairly late so let's go ahead and get into the top 10 we're going to do this in reverse chronological order I've been saying David Letterman style, but that's actually a real name for it, reverse chronological order. Starting off with the 10th story for this week, it is Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne was hospitalized late last week for seizures in Chicago. His uh, upcoming tour dates were canceled as he dealt with that. Of course, everyone loves Lil Wayne. Even my grandma loves Lil Wayne with his weird tattoos and whatnot. I think she just likes his hair. Uh, but... Little Wayne, a very popular rap artist, very popular artist in general, uh, has had issues with seizures for quite some time. People believe it may have stemmed from the wild living that he does, but uh, he has something that gives him seizures every so often, and every so often he has to cancel a few tour dates, which is what happened last week. Uh, everything is fine at this point. He's doing okay, but, of course, uh, the rescheduling of going from the next tour stop uh, didn't quite happen, being taken to the hospital pretty much right after the show in Chicago uh, late last week to uh, deal with his seizures activity. 
Now, the going up to the next story, the number nine story, uh, had a had a conversation engagement rate about four point zero five percent more than the Little Wayne story at ten. Number nine, and this one just happened yesterday, so it popped in there pretty quickly. The Equifax cyber attack. Uh, Equifax, one of the credit reporting agencies, was hit by a cyber attack that may have exposed one hundred forty three million customers to whatever's out there, the dark web, for lack of a better term. Now, Equifax is one of three credit reporting um, agencies we have here in the United States that have their own separate formula for determining how you get your credit, how well your credit is. And while they all come out some kind of weird mumble-jumble magic, the numbering system is literally the same. So you get a, a similar credit score from each of these things, and based on who reports what to where, uh, may change your score. So maybe Equifax or Experian or Transamerican or whoever it is you go to may have a slightly different score based on who reported what, when, and what gets cleaned up when and what didn't get taken off another one. Equifax, one of the more popular ones, uh, was hit by a cyber attack. And because of that, they feared that maybe up to 143 million customers, 143 million people may have their credit uh, information uh, stolen from someone. Now, it's a little weird. I'm trying to figure out how to find out if you've been affected by this. So uh, go to the Equifax website, and they're trying to get people more updates on how to make sure they know that they have been affected or not. Uh, sooner or later, they'll have to report to everyone who has an Equifax um, a, a primary account. And some of these aren't so much people, but um, companies. And, of course, we know the term that companies and corporations are people, too. But some of these aren't necessarily people themselves, but they're groups, companies, organizations with credit for the operations. And they operate in the same way as well. They have credit ratings based on their payment plans. And we'll see how many of those are affected as well, how quickly they can clean up this mess. Going to the number eight story of the week, this one uh, jumped up 66.23% in reaction, and that is the first of our tropical storm hurricane coverage. This not so much Irma, but it's Irma plus Katia and um, Jose. At the time we posted this, tropical storm Jose, which was literally coming right behind the tail end of Irma, and tropical storm Katia, which was forming in the Gulf part of the uh, the states, basically riding up towards Mexico, were forming up. So we had three uh, big storms. Now we have three hurricanes, essentially, sitting in the Gulf, sitting in the general area uh, of the uh, the attack where Harvey came in uh, in Texas and Louisiana two weeks ago. So right now, while Katia isn't so much getting a lot of love and retention, especially because of a earthquake that happened in Mexico this morning, more on that in a bit, um, they're still keeping an eye out on Jose. Jose is expected actually to turn around and die out in the middle of the ocean. It's so far away when it formed. But also, remember, Irma started off off the coast of Africa, made its way all the way across the Atlantic Ocean, and turned into a Cat 5 before it hit over land um, in the Caribbean. And we'll talk more about that in a bit on on how it affects from there. Going to the number seven story gets this a jump of 34.5% from the following story. Uh, the NFLPA requests order to block any Ezekiel Elliott suspension. Now, this is one where we're combining some of the, the story pieces to this. But uh, the NFL, which began its season last night as we record this, uh, has a big game this weekend with the Dallas Cowboys, their most uh, prof- profitable team, one of the most biggest teams, the biggest brand names in the world. Ezekiel Elliott, now a sophomore uh, running back for the team, having a great breakout 
breakout season with the other rookie last year, Dak Prescott, and they're looking to tear up some turf again this year, almost making a trip to the Super Bowl, believe it or not. Ezekiel Elliott got in some trouble for doing some things. The main thing was allegedly uh, assaulting a girlfriend or a few girlfriends or a few random people in bars or just being rowdy in general. The problem is, over time, some of the evidence that they thought they would have doesn't exist anymore. And some of the testimony that they thought they had in place got changed. And some things were ruled not in so much in his favor by actual law enforcement. So the NFLPA, which is the Players Association for the NFL, the union that covers and keeps up for things for the players in the NFL, has requested that his six-game suspension that was levied a month ago be redacted. Now, here's what actually happened. Ezekiel Elliott did not have his suspension redacted because the NFL is what it is. He's still getting six-game suspensions. However, since he had been practicing and working up for the beginning of the season while waiting for everything to blow over or be pulled away, he does get to play the first game of the season. His suspension does not start till game two, so he'll miss games two through seven as opposed to games one through six. Does it make a difference? Well, we'll see by game eight where the Cowboys are, are arriving and how far they have to go to keep up into the playoff race, and that will be the big deal there. But Ezekiel Elliott is not getting out of this one, even though many people, including the girlfriend he allegedly beat up in the process, have stepped away and aren't really testifying that anything wrong was done. So now there's no proof, but there is just a suspicion of bad intent. Going to the number six story, it's also in NFL football. This one only gets a 4% jump from the last one. This is the Buccaneers and the Dolphins game that was going to be held on Sunday, played in Tampa Bay. Obviously, Hurricane Irma was on the way, and so very, very, very uh, wisely, they're postponing this game. They're canceling this game or postponing this game. Not going to be played in week one. The season opener for both those teams will be next week. They get a very, very, very early bye week, and they'll play this game in week 11, a long time from now. Hopefully, it will be plenty of time to clear up, clean up any problems going through Florida as we're watching Irma um, barrel its way across the Caribbean and make its way towards Florida, looking for landfall in the morning. Okay, this is where we get a little weird. The number five story uh, was Hurricane Irma strengthening to category four, and this got about a 3.3% jump from the last story. Uh, Hurricane Irma, of course, made its way all the way up to category five, and we'll talk about that in a second, but the first jump we got was in the middle of the week, the storm that started off on the coast of Africa that just kind of made its way across the Atlantic Ocean, made its way to category four, and they were fearing that it'd be category five before it hit the mainland of the United States, because look at that point, it was going to hit the mainland eventually. Jumped to the number four story. Uh, that is Amazon being sued by the people who bought fake Eclipse glasses bought from its website. This story got a massive jump, 78.9% jump from the number five story. Now, a few weeks ago, we were all a gaze, literally a gaze, at the sky as the uh, solar eclipse uh, happened um, in the middle of the day. It was one of the grandest events we've had and the biggest chance to see one here in the United States in many years. And many people stood outside their office building, myself included, with special glasses and special lenses watching the sun disappear for about a minute and a half or so. The problem that we had with this thing going on was because of the frenzy of people wanting to get out and look at the sun as it went away with the moon, uh, there's a danger at staring at the sun. You can't really stare at the sun for very long because your eyes start to hurt, but 
during an eclipse, when the sunlight, the actually bright part of the sun, is gone, the rays that come from the sun that can damage your eyes are easy to allow because you can just stare up at the sky for no reason. There have been reports of people going blind or having eyesight loss, eyesight loss from this actual eclipse. And there were many reports as the days got closer and closer to the actual eclipse of people selling glasses for watching the eclipse and lenses for watching the eclipse uh, that were actually ineffective. They just didn't work. So there were a lot of defective um, glasses around the nation. You'd go to places in your local uh, area and find out they would recall the glasses there because they found out they had a vendor that gave them shoddy glasses. When people have a chance to make a buck off someone else's you know, wonder and turn it into someone else's pain, people will do that. And Amazon, which was the biggest, essentially, uh, suppliers, or biggest uh, this distributor, you could say, of these things, because it's easy for people to drop ship things and put them on Amazon and buy them very cheap, uh, got the brunt of the complaints from people buying them for large groups and finding out they were recalled, they were bad. So people, not necessarily people that actually had eye damage, but lots of people who bought these things that were defective, fake eclipse glasses, uh, suing the web the, the retailer, although they're becoming now a physical retailer, um, because of this whole kerfuffle. Number three story, which gets a jump from the number four story, about 18.4%, is Hurricane Irma strengthened to a Category 5 storm. Yes, that's where it gets weird. Two stories ago, we talked about the Cat 4 Irma. Now we're talking about Cat 5 Irma, uh, which we're actually right now back down to Cat 4, but the difference between now and its Cat 5 status is essentially uh, five miles an hour less than the top five. In fact, Hurricane Irma at its peak could have reached a, a category six it was so strong but there is no six on a scale it essentially went so far past the expected scale it was just so large so the fact that it reached cat five right before it made landfall uh is a very big deal and yes more than that in a bit the number two story uh goes to serena williams and this is her giving birth to her baby girl on Friday, this one gets about a 35% jump from the number three story. With Serena Williams, a pretty powerful woman in her in her own right, uh, giving birth to her first daughter. Now, while this was going on, her sister Venus Williams was playing a pretty tough set in the U.S. Open. So it's you know it's one of those things we talk about during football season where you don't plan any major event like a wedding or something like that because you know there's football every Saturday for 12 weeks. This is one of those things where she literally gave birth when she would have usually been at work, working the U.S. Open. Her sister uh, doing a, a great job right now, still alive in the standings, I believe, at this point. But early on, or late last week, going through the early weeks, she was uh, struggling a bit, but doing what she did, being Venus, playing good tennis. Meanwhile, Serena doing what she does, just being amazing, uh, being a part of the miracle of life last week on Friday, giving birth to a baby girl. And the number one story for this week is Hurricane Irma. It does take the top spot, and this story is Hurricane Irma hitting Barbuda, hitting its, making landfall for its first uh, island into the area. Barbuda, not not Bermuda, Barbuda, uh, is where it made landfall at its category six, category five hurricane. And the prime minister of that nation of that island, of course. After reviewing the damage from it, essentially saying the, the whole city, the whole island is about 95% inhabitable, 
Uh, We've heard about the stories of it going across other uh, different islands and just all the damage it has done across the entire area. Luckily, people in Puerto Rico were spared a big chunk of the uh, big chunk of the damage. Uh, Not very much happening there, but some heavy winds and storms. Uh, Cuba, of course, got nothing as it turned towards the east to head more towards Florida instead of going up to Cuba to lose some steam and power uh, in the mountains in that island nation there. Uh, but given a chance to actually lose a little steam, the hurricane right now at about a Cat 4, as we said, but that's only because it's about five miles lower than the Cat 5, and it's looking to um, make its way up uh, across a couple more tiny islands into the Keys uh, late today and into the mainland of Florida probably early tomorrow morning, that being Saturday morning, uh, as this thing is essentially uh, released across for mass uh, consumption. So those are the top 10 stories for the week. Hurricane Irma, as expected, taking over the big news coverage. And this week, it did take over the top spot for the uh, week in the top 10 for This Is A Conversation, the conversations you guys want to get into. In fact, it was a 22% jump from the number two story, Serena Williams, and a 779% jump from the number 10 story on Little Wayne. So that's just how much more important that top story was to the rest of the stories that we had in there. Now, how about the rest of the stories you had for the rest of the week? The also-rans, we'll talk about those in just a bit here on This Is The Conversation's weekly wrap-up podcast for the week ending September the 9th, 2017. Through our work on This Is The Conversation, we get a chance to see what real people out there in the world think about the biggest news stories and sometimes the not so biggest news stories that are going on around the week so that if you're watching a regular local news or sometimes the cable news and they get stuck on a breaking news story that seems to be breaking for about 48 uh, 72 hours you can talk about other things that are really important or some things sometimes that are really kind of silly but take your cleanse your palate of the really heavy news that goes on we have a way to get your opinions on other things as well and not quite cleanse your palate, but get you paid. We have the Conversation Survey Panel. This is a very simple survey service where we ask you for some demographic information. There's an initial survey you'll take that puts you into the bucket. There'll be some survey demographic things every so often to kind of redefine things and check out some things. But when we send you an actual survey, when we send you a questionnaire on a certain topic, whether it's politics, whether it's pop culture stuff, whether it is consumer type questions, uh, when you get that survey, you do the survey, we will pay you. You pay you directly via PayPal. Now, like we say, we're not going to get you rich off this, but a couple extra bucks and knowing that your opinion that really matters to someone out there is a great thing, and we think a great thing indeed. So be a part of the Conversation Survey panel. It's very simple. Just go to thisistheconversation.com slash survey panel. Thisistheconversation.com slash survey panel. Fill out the quick uh, survey we have there for you right there, and um, you're in. And when we get a survey that meets your demographics, We'll send it to you, and just make sure you submit it with your PayPal-approved email address because we'll ship you uh, your fundings with the, when the survey is wrapped up in about seven days or so from the survey wrap-up for the survey. It's that simple. We thank you very, very much for being a part of This is a Conversation and want to make sure you get a part of the bigger thing we have, the bigger mission we have on getting real data for real people uh, from real p- people. 
Yeah, that makes sense. But we want you in the conversation survey panel. We want you to help us out by going to thisistheconversation.com slash survey panel and apply today. We have gone through the top 10 stories from via thisisconversation.com. Now the also-rans, many of the other stories that were kind of important, kind of cool, just kind of interesting in some cases that, of course, did not make the top 10. We always start off with the one that almost made it, the 11 spot, and this week that is Howard Football. Howard University pulls off the biggest upset in college football history with a 43-40 win over UNLV. Howard is a uh, historically black uh, college, a small college, if you will, and they had a chance to come into town and uh, show UNLV that they could play with the big boys or maybe UNLV show that they really weren't playing very well that day. doesn't really matter. The win is a win. The loss is a loss. And Howard comes in, takes a check from UNLV, and takes a win as well, showing that they may be the powerhouse for the season in the uh, black college football divisions. That story, uh, barely missing it, only about 2% less than the top 10 story in uh, responses all week long. So it was barely there, almost made it into the top 10. Other stories that didn't quite make it in, one from last night that pushed to really get there but didn't quite fill it in, and that was the New England Patriots' loss last night to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Patriots essentially went all summer and all up to basically game time, repeating the 28-3. and That was, of course, the the number or the score at halftime in last year's Super Bowl, uh, with, the, with the 28 going to the Atlanta Falcons, three going to the Patriots, and, of course, Patriots winning that one in overtime, essentially trolling the Falcons all summer long and all the way up until the start of the season only to um, make they they took first blood they made the first score of the game and they had the first possession for the Chiefs uh, a fumble so that looked like it was going to be another season like the Patriots do it every single year but it turned out not so the Chiefs got a win last night putting a bit of a humbling uh, effect onto the Patriots even that even said by the coach Bill Belichick and of course Tom Brady calling out a lot of folks in the loss overnight there's a new game from South Park, a new game that allows you to make a statement or the game itself to make a statement about inequality. So like many games they have out there, you can turn up and down the difficulty level of the game. And as you turn up the difficulty level of the game, something curious happens to your character. His skin color gets darker. So on the higher difficulty game, the higher difficulty of the game, you play literally as a black person. And it's all it's explained to you right there in the game. It doesn't affect your attack ability. It doesn't affect your actual you know ability to, to attack, but it affects how people react to you and how much money you start off with in the game. So essentially, it's saying people of minorities, people of color, are start off at a disadvantage by being talked down to and having less resources to work with. That is essentially what the game is showing a very interesting spin on uh, what's going on but South Park has a way of showing things that are relevant in sometimes very irrelevant uh, ways let's go to North Korea very quickly where it says it tested a hydrogen bomb that was meant to be on top of missiles they say they have a h-bomb they had a, a test that set off a very large seismic um, warning in the Richter scale from um, people in underground tests from there they say it's a hydrogen bomb. They say it's small enough to fit on one of, them, one of their ICBMs, and that means it can reach 
the American mainland. They're very much up in the ante in the nuclear arms race, assuming uh, they actually have this thing working. Now, it's getting very, very scary dealing with the Kim Jong-un um, regime because it seems like his whole base is power, 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 and not even really even attempting to try to play up to the protecting his people other than the fact that he wants to show that they can destroy whomever, even if that means essentially assure destruction for himself. Let's go to Farmer Bro, who had two posts this week. Uh, number The first one, or the highest-ranking one, is the fact that he put his Wu-Tang Clan album, the one he bought for $2 million, uh, that he's the only person that's allowed to basically listen to, is on eBay. And last time I checked, it was up at around $700,000 in the bidding. I'm not sure if they took it down or not, but that was a few days ago when that happened. Of course, yesterday he got back in the news uh, for the prosecutors wanting to revoke his bail because he's essentially threatening people in weird, weird place and just being an, an idiot. He, in fact, um, asked for, he put up a bounty for a big chunk of money for someone to take a chunk of Hillary Clinton's hair at one of her upcoming book uh, release parties, uh, one of her uh, book readings, uh, book signings, uh, just because he's a jerk. We'll see whether they actually revoke his bail and put him back in jail for whatever's going on in the near future. A scary thought for many people who are, don't like change and don't like the way things are looking in the country. A new poll shows that white Christians are now a minority in America. Now, let's dig a little deeper into this. Um, we already know that based on numbers and based on demographics, uh, Caucasian babies are now not the largest number of babies being born in the United States. So in about 10 years or so, the majority of the kids, uh, people in the nation will not be Caucasian. And that way, they're already a minority. But people in the survey uh, were asked about their affiliation for for political affiliation and, of course, for religious affiliation. And what you're finding is more Caucasian people are calling themselves unaffiliated with religion, number one, and, of course, unaffiliated with any sort of political party. However, on the flip side, members of the Republican Party are holding still and may actually growing in the number of people that are white Christians who identify themselves as that in their party. So while white Christians in America as a whole may not be growing, in one particular political party, they seem to be holding pretty still. You can work whatever you want from that with your own sort of demotation. Disney's having some issues with whitewashing again as they're facing some allegations based on a character in Aladdin, the new live-action Aladdin. Of course, this week, Will Smith uh, tweeted and Facebooked and Instagrammed a picture of him and the non-white cast uh, as they begin their filming, get ready for filming for the picture. However, comma, a new actor has been brought into the fold, an actor who is essentially, well, not essentially, he's basically a white guy, and he is going to be a part of the film in a new role, something that was not seen in the animated feature by Disney and probably in something that's not necessarily in the original Aladdin story. So they're, they're taking a brand new, fresh character and adding him to the mix for whatever reason. We're not sure exactly why, but they're still getting the issues. Of course, remember, it took him a long time to figure out how to find someone that looked Arab to play people that looked Arab in a story about Arabs because it's Disney. It's, that's what happens, I guess. In the U.K., 
The Yellow Pages will stop printing after 51 years. The white the Yellow Page directory will stop its run this year in the United Kingdom. They're giving up on the paper Yellow Pages right now. Whether it'll stop happening here in the States, we'll see how long it takes for that to trickle down. The Boston Red Sox, uh, doing what they do, battling with the Yankees, are caught stealing signs, which is not necessarily illegal, but shouldn't really be overt, by using, quote-unquote, Apple Watches. Yes, they're using Apple Watches to um, send signals uh, to the dugout from outside of the thing. It's it's pretty ridiculous. It's pretty funny, actually. But the fact that they're using big technology for a way to do something that they've been doing in baseball for the you know hundreds of years has been around, stealing signs from the other players and using Apple Watches to make it work out. We've talked about plenty of big storms. Of course, Harvey and Irma and the two, Katia and also Jose coming up. But remember, on the other side of the world, from us, Bangladesh and India and various parts in the um, in the Indian Ocean, Indian Peninsula, are dealing with their own flooding, their own issues, their own storms. As Bangladesh, a third of that uh, city, a third of that area, is underwater because of flood devastation. That was a story we posted out uh, early last week to remind folks that we're dealing with things here, but we're not the only ones in the world that have big troubles, especially with weather going on. We also had um, the conservatives late yesterday sign a letter uh, to denounce the Southern Poverty Law Center because of an announcement they just made on their listings of hate groups. Now, the Southern Poverty Law Center is the essentially the gold standard for listings of groups that are hate groups, groups that undermine the area, groups that are looking to cause fights in big issues, uh, groups looking to put down other people. Two groups that were added to the list recently were two veterans groups, the Veterans of Foreign Wars and the American Legion, groups that are known for doing things for veterans, especially veterans coming back from the wars and helping them get through things and just essentially being clubs for these groups to mingle and kind of get, get settled back into the real world. Their reasoning is the fact that a lot of the people in these groups tend to be white supremacist type people. And many of these groups thrive in rural sort of backwoods type areas where some of this thinking kind of comes out of. So it's not they're saying it's not a whole term um, indictment of the American Legion and the veterans of foreign war, but essentially pockets of groups in the groups that are causing some issues because of that. Uh, there are various people who are denouncing this group. Uh, you can decide whether it's in good reason or not based on where you fall on that issue as well. Now, a couple of deaths that um, we're going to announce real quickly. We had the loss of actor Shelley Berman, famous for being on Curb Your Enthusiasm and Boston Legal, died at the age of 92 this week. Also, po- pri- poet Prize-winning poet, say that three times fast, prize-winning poet John Asbury uh, died at the age of 90. We have another star from television, $6 million man and Bionic women star Richard Anderson, the boss guy, died at age of 91 as well. And the co-creator of Steely Dan, Dan Walker, of course, died at the age of 67. Those are some of the also-ran, some of the stories that didn't quite make in the top 10 that we think are pretty important to talk about anyway. And with that, we're wrapping up our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for the, the weekly wrap-up podcast for this week, ending September the 10th on thisisaconversation.com. For more information about the podcast and what we do all day, every day, seven days a week, 
check out thisisaconversation.com. Be a part of the conversations and have your vote tally into this podcast and what we talk about. It's very simple. Just follow us on social media and react to the stories as you see us come down in your feed. No rhyme, no reason. They just come down as time allots. And if you see us, uh, like it, love it, share it, send it, respond to it, do what you like. Uh, go to Twitter and look for TH underscore conversation. Go to Facebook, look for This is the Conversation. Make sure you set up so that we are seen in your feed. And, of course, just go to the website every so often, thisistheconversation.com. Check it out because the stories are posted there as well. Check out some of our sponsors at the website because they help to keep this thing on the air and keep all the conversations going. And, of course, join us in the conversation survey panel. Get your ideas, your thoughts, your opinions. Get them to us, and we can get them to other people who will pay you for them. It's that simple. That's at thisisaconversation.com slash survey panel. For more information on my other projects, check out my main website, jclevenpain.net. To respond to me directly, email me at jclevenpain at gmail.com. And um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Make sure you tune in to the podcast next week. So subscribe to the podcast. Share that with a friend. Share it with some enemies. Share it with some random person if you have the time. And be here next week as we go over the top 10 stories for the seven or eight days of the week. And then, of course, some ones that didn't quite make it into the big drama. That's here for next week's edition of the Weekly Wrap-Up Podcast from ThisIsAConversation.com.